today on TNA Pakistan Innovation Hub series. It uh, affected me and it really got to me and it was about myself and my upbringing. Mm -hmm. I met everyone, I sent it to the CEO. Uh, the only comment that came back was uh, sometimes she feels really old around you so she doesn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you so much for joining us. And what about this whole COVID situation? How are you coping? I'm not going to lie. The first few weeks were terrible. They were terrible. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, I've just recently become like self-employed. Mm -hmm. And so in March, I had tons of gigs lined up in consultancy work. COVID hit mid-March, mm. half of my art March went, so no income, no income in April. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I also fall in that gray area when it comes to self-employment. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's really difficult. Uh, but then since then, I'm, I'm, I'm driven by challenges. And so I've worked on my personal brand. I've launched mm -hmm. another business. I've launched two podcasts. Wow, um, amazing. I've my community by... 75%. I've grown my personal brand by 50%. So there's definitely mm -hmm. a lot of benefits, um, mm -hmm. which I think we probably needed this time at home in our own space to work on. Uh, so really working on your business within your business. Yeah, it's a really good, nice uh, break, you can say, that you can uh, spend on developing yourself and developing your brand. Yeah. You have to see the silver lining. You know, I've won a yeah. really big client, which I can't disclose at the moment, but I wouldn't have won that if I yeah. didn't have to sit down and, and write stuff. True, true, and true. I wrote an article. I'm uh, scared of writing articles. I'm yeah. not the best writer. I can speak, but I can't, yeah. I'm not the best writer. So I challenged myself in a lot of opportunity, but, mm -hmm. you know, to answer your question, it's gone from... It's gone from great to it's gone from worse to, to great to be honest. Too great, yeah. Yeah, I th like you said, it, we needed this time, a sense of reflection. Yeah, it's been we need. experience has really given me insight into what I need and what I don't need. Like I really mm. don't need most of the stuff I have. Yeah, right. It's very much the same to me as well because uh, me and Nahid were discussing to start this podcast for like about six months ago, but I was not doing it, but just the COVID hit and I just start in, in, uh, in, started this podcast and I started interviewing people and I started releasing the video and Nahid was like, that you you just become a superhero right now. And I was like, no, I just get the time to do these things. I'm That's just so consumed, yeah. Get the time and also if we're already stuck indoors, you might, you prioritize what you really want to do. So yeah. it's the same with me. I was, I was putting off, you know, launching a podcast for months and months and months because yeah. I didn't think I was really yeah. good enough. I woke up on a Monday, my mm. head of marketing was off sick. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I sent out, um, I sent out information to my network. By the end uh -huh. of Monday, I had six people lined up. By Thursday, I had 13 mm. people lined up plus three sponsors. And my head of marketing, Barbora, was like, well, I'm off sick for one day and look at what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's really amazing. So let's begin our interview. Uh, and yes. uh, Sonia, I'd just really like to ask um, before anything, uh, just tell us something about your backstory. Who is Sonia Barlow? 
uh, and you know where she comes from what about her family being a brown woman you know we always have this typical kind of a family setup so let's just give us a little bit hint of your back uh, back story basically i that's such a great question all right cool so i am born in lahore so i'm actually mm-hmm. born in Pakistan. Okay. How, how people like to say it yeah um, and I came here when I was four I mm-hmm. kind of you know for subset I am the oldest of four kids so I've got two brothers and a sister and mm-hmm. um, I'm the first of my family to have gone to university mm-hmm. I'm the first grandchild I'm the first daughter I'm the first child so yeah. uh, there's a lot of responsibility on my shoulders right yeah, so I'm the eldest always like the role model you know <laughs> what you want your younger siblings and cousins to do yeah, yeah. I did not go to the best of schools when I was younger mm-hmm. so you know I, I've literally seen my parents hustle like there's been points where my we, we didn't even have a sofa in the house I've seen mm-hmm. my dad work hard and my mom work mm-hmm. equally as hard as my home mom and yeah. um, go to the best school in the borough it was actually the, the worst when I was in a girl's school in secondary school I just mm-hmm. knew I had to work pretty hard and I always knew that I wanted to be something and do something but not I'm not talking rich. I'm not talking famous. I think there's a lot of young people that like, oh, we want to be rich and famous. That was yeah, me. True. I wanted to change the world. I wanted uh-huh. to be impactful. And impactful is different to being rich. Yeah, true, true. Um, so yeah, so sorry. So I got into a good a good sixth form. Um, and then I kind of started losing my confidence. I, mm-hmm. I think it's, you played part of the stats. Like I was into maths. I was into something quite logical and, when I got to university, I was like, I just didn't think enough of myself. So I got to uni, I picked business as it was, it was like the basic. Uh, yeah, true. I was like, you know what? You can't go wrong. And mm. um, I didn't have the best time in my first years of university. And then my life changed when at the age of 21, mm-hmm. I'd never lived out of my house before. And being a Pakistani girl, I, I, I was quite, my, I had a quite strict upbringing. Wow. Uh, in, all, in all forms, you can imagine. Yeah, right? yeah, true, true. I was allowed to uh, go out for a study abroad year to Italy. Oh, wow. For nine months, I went to Italy, studied mm-hmm. there, lived there, you know, dealt with housemates for the first time, dealt with bills, um, had to cook my own food, completely in an unknown. And I, it completely changed my character as a person. My, yeah. my best friends are the ones I've met then. I never felt so much um, activation, so much energy. So I came back my final year of university, worked super hard, completely kind of smashed it, mm-hmm. got into the world of tech um, as a graduate. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of thrived since then. But I have to admit that, you know, you said you're a woman, you're a brown woman. Yeah. I never felt that until I started working. So for oh, me, I, okay. I was just someone in work, right? Yeah, and then, true. And then people were like, no, but you're a brown woman and you're a young yes. woman in technology. I was like, I'm just... A woman. Woman, yeah. <laughs> and, and so all of these labels I didn't quite understand. Um, yeah. But then when I started to understand it, I realized that I was the only brown woman. I was the only woman of a person of color. Yeah. I had a support system. Um, and five years ago, the workplace didn't understand our culture or the dynamics. So I'm quite an energetic person. I have a lot of energy. I have, I'm, I'm quite lively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A firecracker, as, as some might define me as. Um, they mm. didn't quite get it. So... They wanted me to conform. Yeah. It was quite me to be able to mix that like Western with Eastern culture. Uh, and so two years ago, I started a branch club called Like-Minded Females, mm-hmm. just so I could have kind of smashed avocado and toast with women who were facing common challenges. And 
you know, despite no one really showing up to the first brunch, I am mm-hmm. now able to very, very gratefully say that that brunch club has turned into a social enterprise, not for profit, global social mm-hmm. agency of change. Right. We have 12,000 following, right? We, yeah, yeah. We posted 110 events and ultimately yeah. everything I do is to enable and to impact women and minoritized groups in tech business and uh, kind of entrepreneurship. I run my own consultancy. I've got two mm-hmm. TED Talks. And I definitely think I'm the first and only South Asian woman to have two TED Talks on the internet right now. Um, mm. I think it's amazing. And yeah, I no, no, it did. It happened, I think, until someone actually said to me, hey, you're a brown woman in tech. Because if it didn't <laughs> hit right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. I completely get you on the point that you have first time left your home and gone to Italy and start living independently because this happens to me. Although it happens really late in my life, you it happens in your life at the age of 21, it happens in my life at the age of 28. So I just first time left Pakistan, come over here in UK. I'm studying over here and managing my life and coping everything. So it was a truly, a, a, you can say, a remarkable journey when you just uh, when you just find yourself. Uh, I really like to move on to our next question and that is related to your TED Talk because I have listened to your TED Talk multiple times. You have explained uh, in the beginning of the talk, you have just said that you actually failed your whole, um, uh, I think the first three months of the of the job. And you are uh, you were on uh, you're standing on some kind of a risk that whether you continue doing this job or you just quit it or something like that. What was that experience? And when you just uh, move yourself from this nine to five gear and come into this entrepreneurship thing, what challenges you have faced? That's such a great question, right? So mm-hmm. just to just to clarify for anyone listening, the, the talk is failure comes before resilience, mm-hmm. um, and it basically is exactly what you said it's a summary of how I failed and how that failure has gotten me to where I was so I I delivered that TED talk in a really sensitive time of my life mm-hmm. um, last year I was in a really toxic work environment mm-hmm. and it ended with me leaving in right. in uh October and I delivered mm-hmm. the TED talk in December and me leaving in my mind was right I failed right I failed another job yeah, and I another because two out of three jobs I've I've left uh, because yeah. it just it didn't click. My yeah. first job, to your point, uh, I you know was a fresh grad. I went into the workplace. There's a lot of things in hindsight that I sh- I could have been better at and I should have known. Um, but I remember three months in and you know going to my probation meeting and a probation meeting is basically a catch up that you and your employer have to see if you are a good fit for the company and if you've yeah. understood doing mm. I remember walking in quite confident uh delivering the task that I thought I had in hand and I remember running away crying being like what has just happened and it's not I'm not used to failing but I'm also used to being like a like a like a um, like a hard-working student mm-hmm. so I think if you work hard enough things pay off and yeah. so for me it's quite dramatic because I was like I worked really hard and it it didn't come it didn't resolve in the way that I wanted yeah. to yeah, true. But I realized that it wasn't, it's not always about working hard, it's working smart. So for example, you know, I thought I was a grown up, so I didn't really ask questions. I was like, well, I can mm-hmm. just do this myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I knew everything. I didn't prep or practice as I could have. I also believe, yeah, part of me wanted to run before I could walk. Uh, mm-hmm. I was so eager to get to the big, bad world of work and, and to get to the bigger business that 
I didn't necessarily um, think about or cater to the to the smaller elements that were really required mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. right. And so the point being that when my directors were like, oh, well, you, you know, you failed and it hit me, I could either leave, mm-hmm. I fired, or luckily they gave me three months extra to, to try, right? So obviously yeah. see that's a benefit to the workplace in hindsight. It costs more mm-hmm. for, an, for an employer to find someone new than it does to train you. Right, right. Um, obviously, I didn't know that then. <laughs> but the point being that everything I've I've done, I think the first time I ever attempted it, I failed. Mm-hmm. I failed the first job I had. I failed the first job I had. I failed getting into university. I failed my health. I failed my well-being. And throughout these failures, what I learned is if, if I'm working so hard for someone else, why not try and work that hard for myself? Um, mm-hmm. I built a network as a side hobby without even realizing I had delivered corporate workshops. I had delivered two, two TED Talks by that point. I mm-hmm. had all of these great achievements under my belt. So I was like, well, why not give it a whirl and why not give it a shot? So at that point, mm-hmm. after failing that job and uh, deciding that, you know, if I wanted to fail, I wanted to fail for myself. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. point being that I want you to change the word failure for innovate. I want you to change it for transform. I want you to change it for rev- like revolutionize. You need to fail for you to get stronger, right. for you to get, get become different. Yeah. Um, as I say, resilience is a muscle. It's something we need to constantly train the same way you train when you go to the gym or you, you learn a recipe and you do it continuously mm-hmm. the best dish it can be. And, and lastly, you know, failure is a temporary disruptor. It, it disrupts your, your path. It does not mean that you have failed that situation. It just feels that there's mm-hmm. something different out there for you. And so yeah. to answer the second, the second part of the question, I decided to go full-time and become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not a lot of female brown entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, true. In the UK. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, there are in predominantly brown countries, but, you know, they're not as, as well-known or as funded as they could be. Yeah. And so I really wanted to make a difference. And most importantly, my life's goal is to kind of be a role model for the younger generation to prove to them that you can be, even mm-hmm. though you can't see, but you definitely can be who you can see, right? And they yeah. can see me working really yeah. hard it is very difficult running your own business um mm. the only time I really have <laughs> off is like three hours on a Saturday <laughs> and that's because I have to force myself off yeah one day. Right. And it's not even the whole day it's like three to five hours on a Saturday and yeah. that's because around me are like please get off your phone and and don't touch technology <laughs> um, you are constantly thinking about this child that you didn't even know you had uh you are waking up in your night kind of cold sweating being like I don't know if I sent that email out I don't know if I replied the right way I don't know if I have done this I have woken up at 3 a.m just a couple of weeks ago thinking I forgot to add that hyperlink into that program yeah (laughs) I've gone back to do it yeah Uh, and and you're and you're constantly busy you're you're always talking to people to build new business um but at the same time, I've never been happier. And I think as happy is subjective and, and happy mm. is you focusing on yourself. And, you know, at the same time, I can be kind to myself and I can kind of say, right, well, today I feel a bit lazy. For the next hour, I'm not going to do anything because I don't have to. Yeah. I can run yeah. my own business. Yeah, you can run your own business. The only thing I'd want to say to that point is I'm, I'm also in a very privileged position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really have savings working in technology. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I do a lot for my household, but my other half and I spoke about it before me taking the leap. And we kind of decided, you know, you've got X amount of time, you bring in mm-hmm. Wi Fi, you're good. So, yes, there's a privileged aspect we have to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I wouldn't suggest everyone just quit their job if they've got bad managers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but if you can, you should 100%. Yeah, that's amazing. So what exactly drives you? What exactly this is this thing that keeps you going on even after failure after failure and even being so much hardship doing your own business? What is this, what is this thing that is keep you going for all this time? Do you know, honestly, if you could answer that question, my family and friends would probably love you for it because they <laughs> also can't figure it out. <laughs> I have a lot of energy. And I need to place it somewhere, right? Yeah, right. It goes back to one of the first points I made. It's the impact. It's I want to be impactful. Mm-hmm. I want to help create more inclusive, enabling, and accessible tools, resources, opportunities for everyone. I know mm-hmm. someone who did not grow up in the best of scenarios, whose yeah. parents worked really hard. I know that if it wasn't for my hard work and for the luck that I had getting into the kind of the privy schools that I did, mm-hmm. I maybe wouldn't be here. And yeah. then I look to, you know, universities that maybe aren't in the top 10 or companies that aren't in the top 10 companies to work for. And I think everyone is just as talented, if not more. And we're not mm-hmm. giving them opportunities because they don't sit in the privileged box, which I don't yeah. agree with. So mm-hmm. what drives me is really to create those accessible, inclusive opportunities where everyone can just be what they want to be and, and they don't have to worry. They don't yeah. have to think, they don't have to feel the pressure that, you know, no, yeah. no, one, no young person should have to feel like, you, you know, mm. I'm, I'm having to, I feel pressure of being a South Asian woman in, in business and really having to pave a, a path for other people. Yeah. So they feel good enough. And even then, you know, I get turned down by a lot of Brown people saying my profile is not good enough. True. I completely agree with you on that point. I mean, uh, uh, right now I have just completed my master's and uh, uh, I'm just going to do my thesis. So I was actually calling all my brown family who are either living in London or Sheffield just to get an advice that, you know, how to go for a job because I'm right now finding a job to get settled in because uh, I can stay in UK till March. And I also want to start my own startup. I'm really much interested in startup visa and my university supporting it. So all of my brown families are like that, uh, you know, you know, startup, doing startup is a really hard thing. You're a girl, you know, you should think about more of a marriage. It's a, it's you, you're getting old and you should focus on much of that. And majority of my brown people are actually discouraging me rather than pushing me ahead. So that yeah. was the thing. Then. <laughs> this, this is a complete, this is a different, uh, so, sorry, what am I trying to say? There's a lot to unpack here is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I know a lot of, a lot of older generations still don't understand it. So I'm running a business, right? I'm working in tech, I'm building a business and I'm, my grandparents are still like, but you know, there were jobs going in Barclays. I was like, Barclays <laughs> are my clients. They're like, yeah, but you know, it'd be so nice to say our daughter, our yeah. granddaughter, bank, or you can still be a lawyer. I mm-hmm. never wanted to be a lawyer, but yeah. every like you can still be a lawyer. I'm like, I didn't want to be one. <laughs> uh, but the point being that even even you know, I think the great thing about this forum and what you're trying to do right mm-hmm. now is you're trying to build that community. I don't mm-hmm. think South is the best with community because yeah. even media systems and even business um, networks that I've reached out to, yeah, 
apparently I'm not good enough for to get involved or yeah because you are a woman and you're a brown woman so they're not most like most unlikely to give you a job or a business or something like that and also like you know because when you think about Asian the Asian culture you think more in beauty and lifestyle and and like uh drama and media yeah right so yeah seen a lot of people in that in those realms get the opportunities but someone yeah. in business tech, it's clearly not yeah, and so my is, I want to break that stigma I, mm. I don't you know I think I'm doing a lot and actually mm-hmm. self you know ironically it's probably the white people that that reach out to me the most mm-hmm. being like really good in yeah the they're really good brown person. yeah the brown people are like oh well it's just technology and I'm like it's not yeah. like it's the of life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, there's a lot of women in the world especially south asian women that are that are running businesses and you know believe it or not even stay-at-home moms they are running a business they're running their family they are the financial mm. they are the accountants they are the chefs they are the, mm. they are the teachers they are the educators they are the caretakers they are managing the workload mm-hmm. right, and right. We, need, we need to give a lot more what am i trying to say we need to appreciate the different definitions of business and of being mm. a brown woman in business and acknowledge the, the various dynamics that brings mm-hmm. rather than always focusing our attention on this kind of box that we we place ourselves in um, yeah and you know to the point of like your startup you should definitely go for it because there's not enough of us and if we keep being bogged down by well there's not enough of us and we can't see ourselves and our family saying this and our friends are saying this mm. and our colleagues and you wouldn't do it yeah like when I, yeah. when I LMF for the first time no one showed up to brunch and also mm-hmm. my fa- everyone around me made fun of me yeah <laughs> right when right. they were like what another podcast when I yeah another podcast <laughs> True. This, is, this is a simple comment that I, I also get another podcast <laughs> yeah or like when I did tech talk they're like oh yeah that's really good is, is that gonna help you find a husband I'm like oh. <laughs> well, True. My favorite comments, my favorite comments, not favorite, but you know, like favorite comments are, okay, so you went to university. Did you, did you find a husband? I'm like, no, I went to go study. (laughs) Yeah, you were not open for dating, you were studying it. (laughs) That's the thing. A waste of a degree, like I've come out with debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's a thing. But I, I think, you know, forums like this and you just being mm. brave enough to share the voices and the stories of other people is so yeah, important. It's so important. And I think, the, you know, I, I'm really privileged. And, and again, in a way to be like, I like to be fairly outspoken and I'm quite confident, mm. quite honest, because right. I don't want to, I don't want to pretend, right? Yeah, uh, right. A, lot of, a lot of brown kids are listening to this. I don't want to pretend like it's easy, but I also mm-hmm. don't want to, I don't want to put barriers up like it's not possible. Like if I can do it, honestly, anyone can do it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really bring me to another question about the diversity and inclusion. I have saw you on LinkedIn very much vocal about uh, diversity and inclusion. And you just point out all of the panels and everything that, you know, where are the browns, where are the blacks? I really like to talk about it, that what is your take on diversity and inclusion? There are so many people who are saying that we have already done enough. What else do you want? And there are some people who are saying that uh, there is a lot to be done. On which side of conversation are you on? Yeah, so the people that think they've done, done enough need to come and talk to me because that's not going to be a healthy conversation for, for them, yeah. right? Um, we have definitely not done enough. The mm-hmm. fact that this, 
conversation is still happening means we have not done enough. Mm-hmm. The fact that there are less than 15% of women in tech, less than 5% people of color, um, you know, people of color and, and those who identify as, as brown and women are paid at least 40% less than their counterpart. And then for black women, that's even mm-hmm. worse. Mm-hmm. Less than of women are funded via VCs and for black and brown women, that's even worse. Like these stats don't lie. Yeah. These are facts and figures, right? Yeah. So my point being, there is a lot still left to do because we haven't actually started what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, diversity, inclusion, gender bias, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, any kind of bias cannot be cannot be dealt with in one workshop. If you think you're doing yeah. one workshop, you're going to put on your website to be like, we did one DNI workshop, we ticked it off. That's not going to solve anything. Yeah, you true. Training. You need to understand the system. You need to. Uh, really analyze and, and become more self-aware then you need a consultant like myself to not only deliver training but to come in and equally check and keep you accountable mm-hmm. right yeah you need the workplace to feel um confident enough and uh in a in a place of community that they really can mm. shout out and say mm. how come your panel is full of five white people or five uh you know five people that look the same that's not diversity yeah. it's definitely diversity inclusion equals representation and belonging right there's intersectionality mm-hmm. you want to be in a place where you feel like you belong and you're represented and you're and you're listened to um what can companies start doing now well firstly companies can be self-aware they can be mm-hmm. aware they mm-hmm. look into their workforce say so they can really write down how many of the various intersectionalities do they have and what does yeah. that mean for them Mm-hmm. Uh, intersectionality is the various layers that one holds right mm-hmm. um the second thing they can do is they can open up the forums to their colleagues to say hey how can we support you better what can we do mm-hmm. how, how can we build a community mm-hmm. the third is the third is when you are talking about diversity and inclusion please do not hire middle-aged white men to come and do diversity inclusion training for you that makes no sense yeah that makes no sense not of my gigs for example i haven't been able to get because i'm not experienced enough who else is more experienced on being a brown woman than a brown woman? Definitely not a bit of <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. You know what I mean? So it's really weird for me to, to, to have to fight my battle to be like, actually, I'm the best person for this workshop because yeah. I'm talking about the biases that are placed on brown and black women. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. what makes you experienced? You don't mm-hmm. have 30 years of practice. I'm like, yes, but I have 27 years of living it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so companies yeah. need so be aware of who are they who are they hiring to solve these practices and what the, what does that mean and you know a lot of it yes starts with self-reflection it starts with uh workshops and it starts with changing the practices and it starts mm. with prioritizing behaviors um and 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 then it, it it's it's a matter of progress and it's a matter of process it's not something you do once and mm-hmm. it's true just finishes there's yeah. a lot of material right now online, lean in on TED Talks, even articles that I've written about. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like it's you can't relate it to you. You can't relate it to doing something one time and thinking that you'll be successful. Yeah, obviously, it's a continuous process. Every day, new definitions comes in, new kind of people comes in. You have to, you know, organize your organization according to the needs of the people who are working for you. Yeah, I'll give you a really good example. So I think one of the ones that you're reflecting on is I called our ad forum last week 
because Ad Forum, you know, are doing one of the largest media panels. Mm-hmm. They have CEOs from the top global media organizations, the same mm-hmm. media organizations that did letters on Black Lives Matter and we need to get better with inclusion, we need to get better yeah. with diversity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This mm-hmm. community aspect. So I kind of took to my point, um, the CEO of WPB, the, the you know, CEO of um, Marketing Week, uh, Omnicom, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the topic is the future of uh, digital advertising or the future of advertising and the adapted normal or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are, there's like five white men and one white woman. So mm-hmm. I didn't understand and I can't, I can't fathom the fact that like the, the, the adapted new normal does not include a brown or black person. How yeah. Do you speak yeah true true and and my issue is that for you to get your ceo into this panel it has mm-hmm. gone through every single step and ladder of the hierarchy in that company yeah 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 right right including the marketing manager including legal who needs to sign mm-hmm. it on mm-hmm. why is no one why has no one said anything yeah, that, why does nobody say anything? Yeah, that's really true. That's really true. So yeah, so that's a that's a very good thing. Uh, what about um, about women who are working? I mean, do you uh, you have been working for so many long uh, time, from so many long years basically? So I really like to know uh, if if you have some guidance or advice for the working woman. Either they are working on their own business or either they are working in the, uh, in their own profession. That, you know, how to cope with this changing environment, how to ask for their own rights and, you know, how to just uh, put up a fight, but gently and politely. Because recently it happens to my housemate that she put up a point against the faculty because right now we students and faculty are in a fighting mood due to the COVID and everything. So she just put up, she just raised a point and she she ensures that every hierarchy gets to know that point. So she emailed and she emailed to multiple people and she emailed uh, for three different arguments to three different hierarchies and she has done it back to back. So what the response comes to her is that, that you know, uh, this is a very, very impolite of you. You are a woman and you should not speak in that way. You should not pose an argument in that way. And, you know, it will be benefit beneficial for you in long term in terms of your family and in terms of your work, if you just be a little bit polite. On the other hand, one of her colleagues in the same class he is man, so he was shouting during the webinar, during this session, like me and you and are having, and nobody just say anything to him. But when she put it, it was aggressive. So how, how are you going to do that? This is making me mad. I just <laughs> inside. Firstly, I just okay. Wait, I just, so I just need to I need a second to like think because this is actually just going to annoy me. Mm-hmm. Um, on a side note tell your friend to come and speak to me I'll give her like a template but yeah so, so the point being you're, you're wrong in what you've said in the in the, and let me let me kind of correct you in that sense, right yeah you said kinder she doesn't need to be anything she just needs to be herself yeah why is it that a woman needs to be kinder when they approach certain topics yeah. and Right. And I, yes, her director specifically mentioned it will be good for you in long term, in work and family. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, so 
I just thought, I, <laughs> sorry, you just need to like pass the name after this conversation. So, okay, yeah. so I really struggled in the first five years of my mm-hmm. life, my, mm-hmm. my work, because I was always conforming to someone else's practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my first job, I'm very energetic, as I, you know, you can see I'm yeah. quite active. Yeah. That's from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. In my first job, my manager told me to leave my moods at home. Right? Okay. I don't know what that meant, mm-hmm. but it didn't come up with so much energy. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're clearly like targeting the, my principles and the way I am as character. Yeah. yeah. My second job, my manager told me, um, my second job, my manager told me I'm never going to get anywhere because I'm not technical. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, here I am now, but I'm not technical. I was never trying to be technical. That's the point. Yeah, yeah. Like, what kind of perception of technology mm-hmm. and needs only technical people is wrong. My third job, I had um, an extremely racist manager. Mm-hmm. Got my name wrong for six weeks. Okay. How you get Sonia wrong, I'm not really sure, guys, but, you know, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and long story short, she was similar to the point you've made in your, in your colleague made. Uh, she said something that really really uh, affected me and it really got mm-hmm. to me and it was about myself and my upbringing mm-hmm. I messaged everyone I sent it to the CEO uh the only comment that came back was oh, sometimes she feels really old around you so she doesn't know what to say yeah yeah that's my problem but the mm-hmm. point being that in every of each of those scenarios I've mm-hmm. been the one who's been picked out as being intimidating or aggressive or mm-hmm. bossy or mm-hmm. I need to be lighter I need to be kinder yeah not the yeah. The yeah. point being, do not listen to these words. They are not affirmative. They mm-hmm. they are there to put you down. Firstly, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Secondly, the way to manage difficult conversations is to have uh, patterns and behaviours mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. order. So, everyone, regardless of who you are in the workplace, should have one Excel sheet on your computer where you are mm-hmm. writing down comments that have been made to you, things that have happened in the workplace, things that have really. Mm-hmm. By who, when, time, and date. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, because when you send that email, you need to be like, and here are examples of what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something is very feelings, and 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 I think I believe I feel. That's when mm-hmm. people are gonna feel like it's their right to say you need to be kind, you need to be politer. Yeah. Yeah. So logic and data and and actual facts and figures and patterns mm-hmm. is gonna be hard for them to shut that down. Yeah, right. And lastly, lastly, you need to acknowledge that you are brave enough for even making that point and for raising mm-hmm. your Okay? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not to say that the world isn't going through a tough time and we should be mindful of everyone. Like, yeah. You know, universities are losing budgets. The education system is not as funded as it could be. Like, So mm-hmm. all of that aside, all of that aside, if someone makes these comments to you, regardless of what seniority they are, mm-hmm. you have right to go back and challenge them and say I don't understand what that means and mm-hmm. to bring other facts and, and and kind of examples or to say look I you said I need to be kinder can mm-hmm. you explain that to me a little bit what about this was not kind mm-hmm. and, and go in as if you're dumb dumbfounded by it and go in as mm-hmm. if you have no idea what it means and you want to mm-hmm. learn yeah right. you are going, so this is actually something I teach right I have a I have a course called managing difficult conversations and there's a doctor that said if you are playing out your conversations using feelings and beliefs, then you're using something which is called the dinosaur brain. And the dinosaur brain is not logic. Yeah. It is a neural system that when you, mm-hmm. you know, believe something, someone else mm-hmm. feels attacked and they think okay. that they 
something and there's an attack going on. You don't okay. want to go, you want to go yeah. with logic, you want to go with facts and things. Yeah, right. The other thing that I think is really important on this note is you we 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 have to we have to we can only create change by by shouting about things mm-hmm. and shouting loudly online and through protests it means mm-hmm. exactly what friends done is by emails by uh, mm-hmm. character by stating examples mm-hmm. yeah that's why uh, activities such as mentorship programs and, mm-hmm. and uh, buddy schemes are really important because you need to be able to go to someone in a safe space to help you direct these conversations in the way that it can be and it should be yeah yeah right they be someone who's similar to yourself Mm-hmm. right um, and I don't mean race or color wise by any means but I mean someone who you feel like actually understands you and can believe you and can go forward yeah and, and right. the last thing I would say is this whole gender issue when it comes to tone of voice uh vocality uh conversation power dynamic unfortunately mm-hmm. unfortunately it exists the only mm-hmm. way that you stop it is by calling out these examples mm-hmm. and in that moment calling it out and being like hey well this guy for example is shouting on this webinar it's not, not appropriate and yet yeah. when we said oh, you had an issue and this yeah. means hey, like there's so many memes around about the politics mm-hmm. the politics yeah. like, that's quite calm mm-hmm. and the men are like you know shouting at them and it's fine yeah months ago who was it the doctor i don't remember her name but who was in um, the house of parliament and she was talking about coronavirus and one of our one of our kind of senior um, parliamentary leaders told her, you know, her tone of voice was either inappropriate or need or she needed mm-hmm. to change it. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. Yeah. So you know, the question is, are you intimidating or do you feel intimidated? And if you feel intimidated, mm-hmm. that's a big problem. That you need, yeah. you need to start those feelings yourself. Yeah, that, Sorry, that's, that's really. really... I appreciate that's long-winded, but it's just really made me angry. So. <laughs> No, that's a really comprehensive answer because even I felt that, you know, I have to be very, uh, when I'm writing, I have to be really considerate of the words that what I'm putting in so that I would not sound very much direct, uh, very argumentative. I have to be very polite because, you know, everybody takes everything on hurt because it's coming out of my mouth. The only problem is that when other, my male colleagues does the same thing, nobody minds. But when Humera does it, it's, it's a problem. So, so that's a great, that, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, research has shown that it really does make a difference when you're writing a certain way, and then you end it with, as as a female or as someone who mm, is non-binary, mm. or gender fluid, it comes across differently because you are a different yeah. sex. Yeah. And my my advice to that would be, uh, I'm still sometimes terrible with emails, so I normally I do actually still mm-hmm. get them to mm-hmm. by by friends mm-hmm. or colleagues. Mm-hmm. My advice would be to write an email and to breathe on it. Mm-hmm. go back and to take out words like just women have a really bad habit of just always being like and I just think and I just think and yeah just, yeah just take away I think you don't think mm-hmm. like I know mm-hmm. take away like I believe unless mm-hmm. it's affirmative I believe unless it's action-based right I uh-huh. believe same as like I feel take it away mm-hmm. be direct be to the point add mm-hmm. facts add figures um mm-hmm. And I think one of the questions you asked in the beginning was like, what can you do? Set boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as a woman, you do not need to reply back straight away. Uh-huh. Right. Straight away. You do not need to give advice straight away. Acknowledge the email, acknowledge the argument and say, do you know what? You've made a really fair point. I'm going to go back and, mm-hmm. I'll, and I'll come back with my statement. 
And if they're like, yeah, no, right. I'll be like, no, that's not how I work. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. my personality type doesn't doesn't adapt to that. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a reflective character. I need to go back, soak in what you've said, and I'll come back to you yeah. for the next week. Yeah. Via email, someone emails you, and it's something quite dramatic or, uh, you know, rude, etc. Just just go back and just be like, I acknowledge I've accepted this email. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll reply back to it the next 24 hours. I just need some time to think over it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very good approach, yeah. And and the last thing is, you know, if you're in a room where it's uncomfortable, say, just say, I don't know. Just be like, I don't know, but I'll look into it and I'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. Do not feel like you have to answer. Do not feel like you're on the spot. Do not feel like you owe anyone anything you don't. And even mm-hmm. if you put an employer, it's the mm-hmm. same. Uh, the yeah. employer who put you on the spot, who make you feel, who belittle you, who make you feel any kind of anxiety. Yeah, right. well, um, they they are not the employers to work for. It's as simple as that. Mm, yeah. Don't, don't. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's a really, really, really good advice. Thank you for adding this into our podcast. So um, yes, moving on to our second last question. What are the future projects that you are working on? What is happening in like-minded females? Or what is happening with your podcast? Can you share? I think, yeah. I mean, thank you for asking. Um, so like-minded females. I'll kind of break it into the different chunks, is transitioning into LMF Network CIC. Okay. We've transitioned into a not-for-profit. We're mm-hmm. rebranding our name more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is we have a consultancy arm and we have a community arm. We're really focusing on the community arm, but most importantly, mm-hmm. our mentor. Right. So we found that a lot, similarly, you know, young professionals are struggling to either get their first role or get their second role and in kind of career-based progression or acceleration. Uh-huh. So right first wave um originally it was 20 signups but we've had over 150 people and mm-hmm. even then we have constantly every day like three people wanted to get in, involved uh-huh. so our mentorship scheme is really important and you know that's great for companies who may want to work with us because it very much is uh talking and, and considering the pipeline talent the diverse uh, new talent that's coming into the field mm-hmm. and kind of their new mindset and ways of thinking yeah we're also really working to build out our kind of social media and our branding. Mm-hmm. From the consultancy arm, I've taken that on as the commercial remit. So that's basically what pays my bills. Right. And so I do anything that's the CIC or the not-for-profit, I don't take any money from that. So it goes back okay. into the... Right. The commercial arm is delivering consultancy work, um, auditing work, strategy management, and equally um, kind of workshops and webinars, either mm-hmm. keynotes or public universities organizations and mm. uh, corporations mm-hmm. predominantly working on topics on diversity inclusion tech business and kind of startup or yeah. personal branding on linkedin so today we actually have an event uh, on how to succeed with linkedin and it only went up live yesterday it already has 500 signups wow <laughs> yeah so that's mm-hmm. wild um yeah. my podcast is strategically winging it um mm-hmm. it's going really well we've had mm-hmm. five guests we've got another five already lined up we've we've you know i'm changing it every other week depending on what sounds good what sounds better what can be done differently yeah right i think that's just the way i like it to be it's quite raw but mm-hmm. i've had publishers actually get in touch to see if potentially yeah. so maybe yeah. there'll be a so it's really exciting <laughs> that's nice and and i have another podcast called lok yakahenge mm-hmm. um, it's all about kind of the South Asian narrative of what will people say if you do this and you do that and you yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, take this take this leap. So again, we're building that out into more of a platform where we are working to de- de- stigmatize and 
and to break down these kind of cultural societal barriers yeah so everything I'm doing is for impact and for change mm-hmm. um and see that the thing is I'm very impulsive so I also do quite a lot uh, and lastly <laughs> I'm working a lot more with universities and secondary schools so that I can go into uh, kind of the lives of young professionals and, and young students to say here's the route you can take here's the skills you need here's the values you need mm-hmm. here's what like and how you can get better yeah um, but it's like actually people in Pakistan because I've had a bit of a contact yeah. with the universities there mm-hmm. all the way Australia, all the way to the US so I'm uh, I'm very impulsive I strategically wing a lot of things I do I <laughs> kind of need, like a 48 hour timeline and I'm like right yeah. well if I do it I'll do it yeah so my projects always do change and mm-hmm. it's really fun that they change and that's why I wouldn't ch- I wouldn't I wouldn't replace this for, for anything um but I'm I'm very excited for what the future holds mainly mm-hmm. because I have no idea what, what I can get up to in the next three months, right? Like, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even kind of yeah. point. I know that there's things I want to achieve this year. I definitely want to get a book deal. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. I definitely want to get a lot more clients under my belts and give diversity and inclusion workshops. Mm-hmm. I want to get my podcast to at least 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, I want to build my brand profile out so that I am seen as the go-to South Asian woman in tech business entrepreneurship for, yeah. for everyone in the world. I think right now, nobody's planning anything. <laughs> Given what happened just suddenly, everybody has just, you know, postponed on planning anything because people are saying that everything is going to get ruined after whatever has happened. You know, do you know, I, yes and no, so I agree with that. And I'm, I'm a planner, but I'm more of like, I don't plan small small milestones. I plan like big visions. Mm-hmm. So this like I really want a book deal this year. Yeah, that's yeah. a big vision that I'll, yeah. I have to get. Yeah, I want right. yeah, my podcast episode. That's a big vision. So you're completely right. Like the small planning isn't working for anyone because you know we have no idea what's going yeah. on. No idea. But that, that like certainty of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's what drives me. I'm I'm really like. Yeah, I'm, it challenges you. <laughs> I love it yeah I just yeah. <laughs> I you know it's the same way that I know it's really really weird and it's maybe not the same um comparison but I don't like checking the weather <laughs> when I wake up yeah, I, just, true. I, I like the surprise and the challenge I don't mm. carry an umbrella because I'm like well if it rains it rains if it doesn't it doesn't like yeah. you know it's just my workload done with the system and the roller coaster more on we're like whatever happens happens I just want to be there to enjoy the ride yeah, I think that's a very good approach, no doubt. Uh, and lastly, Sonia, just a few last uh, few words about uh, our whole initiative of TLA Pakistan, TLA Pakistan Women, and this podcast. So, how do you like it? Do you want? Do you have any suggestions or whatever? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I absolutely love TLA. So I've been working with the um, TLA comms and community since it began. So with the heat mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm of the in-person events workshops and and kind of building out uh, the I guess more of the uh, the event side and the activities I think it's great it's most importantly really great because we are working to bridge that gap yeah. not just Pakistan and, and the UK but between the conscious like we've already mentioned in this podcast the conscious and unconscious biases that exist when we say technology and women and especially Pakistani women in yeah. technology what does yeah. that look like versus yeah. the reality of what we're doing um i think it's a great platform for us to provide role models and, and mentorship and sponsorship and also just to elevate 
the Asian women are the completely killing it right now and that needs yeah. their voice. And lastly, the great thing about such content is that it doesn't need to be deleted. So this yeah. we can share tools that we can share with, you know, it's accessible. I love yeah. accessibility. It's accessible, mm-hmm. it's free. Mm-hmm. Anyone can listen to it and everyone can learn from it. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely believe and I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm 100% certain that it's exactly what TLA Pakistan is is about. We are doing, we are thriving, mm-hmm. and we're we're only going to get bigger and better. Yeah, that's great. I hope that we are going to get bigger and better. So thank you no. so much, Sonia. <laughs> thank you so much, Sonia, for your time. Your the conversation, your conversation is amazing, and I think it would be a very much learning experience for all the women who are listening because you know the suggestions that you have made, we have never listened actually in any of the workshops or anything like that. So thank you so much for giving out your knowledge so, so freely and so accessibly. My workshops are always free, right? For people yeah. that are always in the community. Yeah. Follow me on LinkedIn, Sonia Barlow. Mm. Follow me on Twitter and especially on Instagram, Sonia Barlow UK. All my workshops for the community are always free yeah. uh, so that everyone has an equal footing, an equal foundation. Yeah. I'm always replying back to messages, emails, direct messages, you know, reach mm-hmm. out, ask questions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's exactly what I want to be. I want to, I want to give you real tips and, and advice and skills that you really need to move forward yeah. rather, rather than all the fluffy stuff that really yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sonia. I hope you like it. I like this experience. I really enjoyed this interview. So let's like meet next time. Okay. Yeah, Take care. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.